1 Corinthians chapter 12. We are, again, finishing up our series uh, in the one another's of the New Testament. And I hope you have felt, because it's been the purpose, for everybody to feel a personal responsibility in these one another's. These aren't something... These are things that we just uh, can easily push off to somebody else. Somebody else does those better, or they're more gifted in those categories, so they just get to do them. The one and others, there's no specificity in how the one and others are to be walked out. Everybody in the church is, to both, is, is bound and commanded to walk out the one and others. And today, uniquely, we're going to look at spiritual gifting and how it is connected to caring for one another in the body of Christ. So if you look at, uh, give a little more context for, uh, for our verses, the verses we'll look at are verses 25 and 26 uh, to consider how our, our, the message will be framed. But let's start at verse 23. You know, we, can't, we have to start earlier than that. Let's start at verse 12. <laughs> hey, it's the Word of God. We're good. We love hearing the Word of God. For just as the body is one, and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would, make it, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hear? Where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would the, be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as He chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? <clears throat> as it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, "I have no need of you," nor again the head to the feet, "I have no need of you." On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body we think that are less honorable, we, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts we treated with greater, are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there should be no division in the body but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Father, I ask that you would please stoke the fire of your spirit in us, that we might walk out your truth and make Christ visible. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I don't know if you're like me, but when my engine light comes on in my car, I treat it more like a suggestion than a warning. And I've learned that's really not a healthy thing to do. Like right now, I, I'm, I drive with my engine light on. Now, I have permission to tell you why, but I just drive with it on. And my wife, when the engine light comes on, the engine light's on. Engine light's on. I'm like, it's just a suggestion. It's okay. Well, thankfully, uh, I have a crazy smart son-in-law when it comes to cars so I'm able to immediately to text him and say all right engine light came on and he told me to get a little scanner tell him the code so I say this is the code what is it and he tells me what to do now I enjoy watching 
my son-in-law, Evan, work on cars because, you know, I just think a car should work. Period. It should work. Right? It should do exactly what I want it to do. It sh there should never be a moment where I'm inconvenienced by my vehicle. If it would just cooperate, life would be great. Evan's approach to a car is very, very different. He's, he's careful with the car. He's tender. He wants the car to perform well. And I enjoy watching him work because he'll work at something. You know, if you're working on a car, you ever done this? Like a part, you take a part off, you, you go back to put it in, and it, it will not go. And all of a sudden, like when you're doing this least pressure thing, boom, it pops back into place. Like how did that happen? I don't know how that happened. But he's tender with it. He's careful. He's patient. But I enjoy watching him because he understands that all the parts of the engine are equally important because they all rely on one another. One thing does the next. And I'm always asking him questions. All right, what does that do? Oh, this will communicate with this, which does this, which causes that to happen. Now, as I was thinking about spiritual gifts and how... Now, he, Evan has taught me that if you drive too long with the engine light on, it will cause more problems. So I, I, I do understand that now. <laughs> but in the context of our passage... Well, he gave me permission to drive with this one because it's throwing the same code of a situation that's already been fixed. I digress. He said if it... Okay. All right. The context, uh, the context of our past, my wife is like, see, you're, you're going to bust up your car because you're just ignoring that light. You need to get it fixed. The context of our passage this morning connects spiritual gifts with our care for one another. Now, this seems to be, I think, a, to me, a weird connection because we can think of care for one another, and the things that we think of how to care for one another uh, aren't necessarily connected to spiritual gifting. And I think that's part of the issue, that maybe we're driving with uh, a spiritual engine light on because we're not connecting our spiritual gifting to how we care for one another. Because that's where this shows up. That's where Paul wants this to show up. The things that we do to promote care in the body of Christ are very healthy things, but we can show care while still driving with the engine light on. So the, really the quest for us this morning is to try to figure out, are we driving with the engine light on? Are you operating in your spiritual gifting within the body of Christ to promote health and maturity and spiritual growth? Spirit, uh, spiritual gifting to do that. Uh, everybody's called to serve the church. But in serving the church, you necessarily don't have to use your spiritual gifting for that. We're going to parse that out as we get further along. Just like our car's engine. We need all the parts of our car's engine, even though we don't see the particular parts or even understand how they work. The church needs all of its members to function properly. The connection is is in whether we're functioning in the gifting the Spirit provides as we care for one another. If our gifting is dormant or lacking faith that experiences power as we walk in it, we're cruising in discipleship, we're cruising along without realizing that there might be problems that are going to happen down the road. <clears throat> so today, may we take away that the Holy Spirit has gifted each member of the body of Christ to strengthen the body to ensure its care. God, if God has called you to this church, he has gifted you to care for the members of this church 
the body of Christ here locally to care for them in that, the use of that spiritual gifting. So to think about uh, three things that we're going to go through, interdependence, intentionality, and then the last one, identification, thank you. There's a a scroll on my iPad to see it. Let's, Let's consider the interdependence that we have that Paul's describing in 1 Corinthians 12. There are many parts, one body. There's a lot of functioning things going on. Uh, there's things that you can see. There's hands, there's ears, there's noses in the body of Christ. There's other, there's organs in the body of Christ that you don't see. Just like we have organs that we don't see inside of us that are, are operating, function, they're functioning properly. When they're not, we know it. We feel it. We, and and we, we yearn to have that norma, normality, that normal function return. The work of God's joining people to the body Well, God does the work of joining people to his body. And it's the completely, completely the work of the Holy Spirit in us. When when we are in the body of Christ, we don't get to choose which gift we have. Now, typically, when we look at others functioning in a gift and they're fruitful in that gift, we wonder, why can't I have that gift? Why can't I be like that? And maybe our Americanism shows up in our rights with God. Like, God, it's not right that that person has that gift. It's so fruitful. I don't have that gift. Maybe we don't even know what our gifting is. Maybe we're just not functioning properly in the gifting that God has given us. We don't choose the gifts. The Spirit gives the gifts. It's as He wills. But there's no room for superiority. Last week we considered in Philippians 2, there's no room for pride when it comes to operating in our spiritual gift because it's the spirit who gives, it's the spirit who empowers, the spirit who faiths us to walk in that gift. There's also no room for pity parties or self-condemnation because we don't have a particular gift or a gift to the level that we see in somebody else. We have to do away with the comparisons and say, God, how have you called me individually to serve with my gift to care for the body of Christ that you've connected me to? Because the visible needs the unseen. Everything that we see on our bodies externally needs everything that we don't see internally. Like in our car engines, we need every part that we don't see under the hood. When you open the engine, there are parts that are visible, there are parts that you cannot see. There are vital parts that you cannot see. Same in in our physical bodies, Paul uses that as an illustration for our spiritual body, the body of Christ. And earlier in the passage that we read, Paul brought the comparisons of the part, parts of the body. The, the, the different parts of the body don't get to determine the significance of the other parts. So we're not, we're not given permission to determine the significance or value or worth of particular gifts. Well, that gift is just not, not that prominent, so it's not that necessary. We might not be saying it, but maybe it's how we're living. No comparisons are allowed. For the visible parts of the body, somebody who functions and maybe in a visible gift there's no room for comparisons there's no room for me uh, yeah, most visible gift in the body of Christ preaching there's no room for me to say that other gifts are unnecessary I got this we're good just let me preach everything's going to be okay oh no 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 I need everyone, particularly prayer I need the body of Christ praying need 
We need one another to function properly. We can't view the visible gifts of teaching, evangelism, prophecy as held by specialists who, who gift, whose gifting doesn't need support. Every gift needs the support of another gift. And we are many parts, one body, visible and unseen, all connected together to care. God has designed it so we care for one another. Every gift needs the support of another gift. We're joined together for a greater purpose than our own personal accomplishments can attain. We're not here just determined to be holy and let's go about doing it. No, we need one another to bring about that holiness, to bring about the maturity that God uh, desires for us and requires for us. We need one another to make Christ visible. The person sitting with you in this room need you to make Christ visible in their lives. And you need the other people in this room to make Christ visible in your life. We are individuals, so we, we come with personalities, we come with peculiarities, we come with uniquenesses that the Lord uh, possibly is just refining, but uniquenesses that just make us who we are, and that's that God wants there to be a dimension and personality in the body of Christ, but we are individuals who are interdependent. We are looking, we are choosing to be dependent on one another. Right Community Groups offers a wonderful, uh, visible uh, demonstration of this interdependence. We are unique and distinct demonstrations of God's character and grace joined together for mutual dependence. We need one another, others need you. Now care, as we are functioning properly, care preserves the unity of the body of Christ by working against the decay that occurs from neglect. When we're not walking functionally, if you don't use a particular muscle in your body because it's hurt, or maybe there's you have a hurt foot, so your, your foot is up or you're on crutches, the other muscles in your leg are going to suffer. Atrophy sets in because there's not, you're not using it. That's, that's driving with the, the engine light on. We're just not exercising. Like if we're not using what should be normal function, and listen, when that happens, care suffers. We're not caring for one another as God calls us to, and we're neglecting it. Care also preserves the unity of the body of Christ by showing up in power to enhance our experience of God's presence. That's what spiritual gifts do. They enhance our experience of God's presence. They manifest the Holy Spirit who is in us. So while there is interdependence, there's also intentionality. There's a responsibility that we have that we need to exercise our gift. We need to use our gifting. Now, I have a long list, and, and as I was preparing this week, a long list of examples of how this church cares for one another. You make your pastor very proud. I brag on you often. You have done and are doing very well. You are a sight to see when care mode happens, when there is a need uh, in whatever category, meals showing up, people uh, in a hospital room, that you, you care well for one another. But where this intentionality comes in is are we caring with our spiritual gift as well? Because faith is required for spiritual gifts. My encouragement in this is to remind you that your service to one another is to be by faith. You're to meet needs of one another 
by faith is what this looks like. This looks like the mindset of bringing a meal to someone, trusting that God will reveal his glory and power to show up in and around you and the person you're caring for. See, that, that makes a different, it's a different mindset when it comes just to dropping something off. Hey, I thought about you here. No, it's more than that. No, I've thought about you because God placed you on my heart because there's going to be a connection that we're going to experience of God's glory and his greatness and the exaltation of Christ. So when I bring this meal, God's on the scene. That's faith in that moment. God is on the scene through something ordinary or regular, perhaps. There's a faithfulness component in our spiritual gifts. The measure of our care is faithfulness to care, not fruitfulness of our care. That's like you see the next word there in your notes, fruitfulness matters. But listen, God does not measure us based on the fruitfulness of exercising our spiritual gifts. He gives us a reward based on our faithfulness to serve. But that means we come with intentionality and a strategy to show up in context and say, I want to use this gifting right now. I think God wants to use this gifting right now for his people to build them into Christ. Because that's, the, that's our care. We are caring for one another into Christ. But fruitfulness does matter. Fruitfulness is up to God, but is and should be a desired outcome of our care. We, we are looking for it to be fruitful. Our care is practically demonstrated in our serving one another with our spiritual gifts. The fruitfulness we are accountable for is obedience to use the gift the Spirit has empowered us with. Everyone needs to come ready to operate in spiritual gifting to care for one another. Do we do that? Do we show up when the church is gathered? Do we show up ready? Do we show up prepared? Lord, I have been in prayer. I have been asking you. I have been now looking. I'm, I'm trying to figure out who have you put on my mind? Who have you dropped in my heart to be able to seek out, to serve, to care for in the exercise of spiritual gifting? That's where the intentionality and the strategy comes in. We want people to be matured in the body of Christ. So let's talk mm. about identification. Maybe you have a spiritual gift that's dormant. You know what it is, but it's just dormant. It's not being exercised. Please, use it. Use it. But maybe you are just unaware. What is my spiritual gift? Now, there are... There are are, are tests o plenty about determining your spiritual gift. And those can be helpful in some ways, but I think we use kind of survey tests uh, uh, lock us in to particular things because the expression of how the Spirit is using us in those categories, you might have a category of words of knowledge, but we might get locked into how that is being portrayed or how it's being exercised and used that maybe it's not the expression the Holy Spirit has for us. So we just need to be careful. I, I don't want to say all of them are wrong, but we just need to be careful not to put our trust and hope in a test and a survey rather than our faith level saying, God, please gift me. What is my gift? I want to operate in that because all of our gifting is displaying the oneness of the body of Christ. It's the unity that we are preserving. Our caring for one another with our spiritual gift is a reflection of normal function. Spiritual gifts are needed for the church to function normally. The oneness has been won by Christ, and it's displayed by the Spirit. 
First the Spirit in us, and then the Spirit through us, empowering us toward one another. Unity is felt when the body functions properly. When we're walking along and, and, and our bodies aren't hurt, we're not paying attention to the body. It's just functioning. But the feelings of unity are in the joys and sufferings of life as we live toward Christ together. Now we feel, and, and we feel the suffering that we have when, when loved ones within the church are suffering. We feel Young he Ji, we feel that, that she's battling the unknown of why this pressure in her head continues to be there. We feel it. We ache. That's good. It shows us we're really loving and caring for one another. But don't cross out that the Lord might give you a dream for her. Don't cross out that the Lord might give you a word of knowledge or encouragement to go to her with. Because we might just, we might just cap off at, wow, really bad, I'm sorry. That's the starting point. There's more. And we need to be asking the Lord, how do I, if it's a meal, all right, serve that meal, but it's by faith. I'm serving this. I'm serving this to you so you can sense God. Even in this meal being given to you, you can sense God in this, even though you're, you're trying, you're asking huge questions of why this pain continues in your life. It's all by faith. And when this happens, this is for our art lovers out there, Gatto. the the art instructor. We have the, the concept that's being portrayed in the church uh, functioning properly, the body functioning properly. It's a mixing of colors. It's, you have two different people that when they're, when they're caring for one another, it's colors that are mixed and it makes a brand new color. But we always have to understand that God is mixing all of those colors and he's applying them to a canvas, a portrait of Jesus that we get to see, but, but you know what else? An onlooking cosmos is looking at it. Angels are looking into that portrait. And as we care for one another through our spiritual gifting, there's a mixing of colors that God uses for the right, just to give that exact color that needs to get there for Jesus to be made visible. Talk about some differences between gifts and talents. As a talent, I put them opposite. Let's look at the, try to come up with some definitions based on, for spiritual gifts, based on 1 Corinthians 12. It's also Romans chapter 12 where Paul talks about spiritual gifts there as well. Uh, but to help us frame what spiritual gifts are. Spiritual gifts are divinely inspired and empowered works for the good of the church manifesting the Holy Spirit. Let's look at talents. Talents are divinely granted natural abilities. A talent is not a spiritual gift. I think it's a, something that we get confused too often. Well, I'm talented in this. It must be my spiritual gift to serve the church in this category. Not necessarily. You know why? Because talents, after we do them long enough... Talents don't take faith anymore. You know, I have a talent now of speaking in front of people. I don't get nervous anymore. And it started when I was in fifth grade. The school I went to had these speech nights. And we would, and I, look, I was so shy as a kid, I wouldn't even order my food. I had my mom and dad order for me, I, and I was stubborn enough not to eat. 
unless they order the food. I wouldn't even talk to the waitress or the waiter. But this fifth grade speech night comes along. You memorize a speech, and then one night at school, parents are invited, and every kid in the class gets up. It's mandatory. You had to do it. Every kid in the class gets up, and you have to say a speech in front of the, the parents in the class. And I got first place. So even then, and then sixth grade, I got first place. It's like, all right, this is a little bizarre. My speech in sixth grade was, hey, mom. My older brother did the same one, went to the same school. Older brother, he won first place in sixth grade because we love saying, hey, mom. <laughs> that was easy for us. But I, I, even back then as a boy, I kind of knew I can do that. I didn't throw up. I didn't have the, those types of jitters or anything. But look, I can stand up in front of people. That's not my spiritual gift. My spiritual gifting is pastor teach, preach. Now, the uniqueness of who I am as a preacher is pastoring shows up in my preaching. That's, that's the uniqueness of how God has wired me. So when I'm preaching, I'm thinking, how does this get into the people I love? How does it get into them? Understandable, but how does it get into them in order to be displayed in fruitfulness? That's pastoring. How do I bring the sheep to water? And how do I get them satisfied with the water of Christ? That's the uniqueness. Maybe you hear somebody else. you got a favorite preacher uh, on the Internet, or if you still listen to the radio, you, it's like now becoming very obsolete, it seems. But you have, oh, it's a great teacher, great teacher. It expounds on the Scriptures. You might even think, why doesn't Jeff do more of that? Well, it's because my gifting is to show up to say, here's Jesus. Let's be passionate about him. I want to give you some truth. It's not going to be all bite-sized pieces. I want, I want steak. I love steak. So we're going to open up a nice meal from the scriptures and have some steak, but it's recognizing that Jesus is the one that we're feasting on, and he's the living water, and he's the bread of life that we feast on. And so there's a satisfaction that I'm longing for, and that's the spiritual gifting that God has given me in order to come to the church to, to, to lead the sheep of our pasture to living waters. So you see the difference? I have a talent that I can get up in front of people and talk. That's not my gifting. It's used in it. But you might have a talent that could be used in your... Now, my temptation, listen, my temptation is to just get up here because I can say a lot of stuff. might not make much sense, but I can say a lot of stuff. So every single week, when I, in my preparations, and I'm glad this happens, I expect for it to happen, and I'm glad when it happens because it reminds me that I'm doing this by faith. I have a moment where I go, this is awful. This is a bad message. This doesn't make any sense. I have missed God. And you might think that's extreme, but that's, you know, God speaks to us in our personalities, and that's what I feel. Like, uh -huh. it happened this week. It happens usually on Friday or Saturday when I go, like, 11th hour, it's like, and I don't, have, I don't have time in my mind to rearrange the message. All right, this sermon stinks. Every week. Every week. But I know in that moment what to do with it. I say, Lord, thank you for your gentle reminder to know. You, I need your anointing. I need your power. And I know I have people praying for me. I have the church praying for me to bring your word in power. But God, may they hear you when I speak.
So it's by faith then. There might be a talent connected with a gift, but it's always by faith. And I want it to be faithful. And I want to serve in that category. Our talents can aid in our gifts in serving the church, but they're not the same. Gifts require faith to operate at a supernatural level. And that's what we're looking to figure out. Are we operating in the church in a supernatural level, or is it just coming easily? Are you serving in ways, caring for others in ways that just come easily to you? That's great. Keep doing that. But let's step it up for the supernatural. Let's step it up for what God could do alongside of that. You're great at at serving people meals. And you just think of folks. You're like, I'm just going to cook a meal for them. Great. Ask the Lord, what's a verse I can encourage them with? Lord, I've never done that before. Is there a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom that you want to drop into my heart for this family that I'm getting ready to serve? See how it's connected? It's connected in ways that we step it up a level to a supernatural level because we have to depend on the Spirit in those moments. But we also must not look to our to the gifts as an excuse for what is expected, as for not doing what's expected as the church. I'll give you some examples. Every believer is to operate in faith. But some believers have a gift of faith. And when you get around that faith, it's like there's something in your, your soul that begins to just well up. Like, ah, yes, I need to, I see God. I need to step out in obedience in this way. Every believer is to operate by faith. But there are some of the gift of faith. Every believer is expected to pray. Though some function in, in an intercessory gift. Every believer is to pray. Every believer is to spend time with the Lord. Every believer is to pray for one another. But there are some that are gifted with an intercessory prayer gift. I will tell you, church, our church is driving with the engine light on with intercessory prayer. We need more prayer in in us. An intercessory prayer is trying to distinguish it from just prayer. We want prayer is the experience of God's presence in our lives. And we we ask for that. God, I want to experience you right now. And when Jesus called uh, the the temple the house of prayer is the place that the entire world could show up and experience the presence of God. So prayer is our personal experience of God's presence right now. And when we pray for one another, we're asking for God's presence to come on the scene in their lives right now. Intercessory prayer begins, you enter into somebody else's life and you lift them up in a way that says, God, bring your presence here. And there's an intensity and a passion and a uniqueness about that gift that the church cannot live without. Cannot live without. We have a group of senior saints that faithfully pray weekly for the church, for everybody. We can get you, they're a bit of a moving target, so I need to get in touch with them because they'll switch the night and not, and, and just, because they follow, we just want them, they want, the prayer is such a priority that they don't want to make sure it's happening. So if they have to move a night, somebody can't, can't make it, they'll move the night so everybody can be together to pray. But listen, we have prayer every Sunday morning at 8.15. And we don't have enough people. My mother's the most faithful of and that blesses my soul. 
And this morning I hear my mom praying for me. Bless his mother. Now I get to hear the prayers that she said in private when I was a teenager. Rebellious. Church, we need to pray better. We need intercessors. And I think there's a dormant gift in here. You're just not using it. Please join us. You, you need to come earlier, come earlier. If you need to come, leave, go get your family, come back to church, great. We have Vaughn Welch does that. Listen, we need prayer warriors. Or this alpha that we're getting ready to do will be nothing. We'll go through motions. The, the, the worship that we experience and the preaching of God's word and the care in our community groups, it will be nothing, church unless we are saying, God, may your presence show up in great ways. Or else, God, those, we labor in vain if you don't build the house, God. Build it. Build it. Every believer is expected to share the gospel. Though some have a gifting of evangelism. I'm jealous of this gifting. I really am. I've asked the Lord for it. I just don't see it in operation like I see it in other people. And it, it, I think, man, they just know how to weave in the gospel at any moment. And these people are like, yeah, God, I need to surrender my life to Christ right now. It's never happened to me. I, I, I'm blessing, I'm a pastor, so I get to meet people in crisis. And maybe they're unbelievers and they're facing that crisis. And God using that crisis to bring them to a, a saving knowledge of who he is. I've enjoyed and, and participated in those moments. They're thrilling. They're awesome. But it's like to be able to walk up to somebody on the street and them just not like, hey, and walk on. People have this gifting, like this magnet, spiritual magnet where people are like, yeah, can I, can I talk? Yeah, I'd like to talk to you. I didn't know I wanted to talk to you, but I need to talk to you. Cool. But that doesn't, that doesn't rescue me from the need to share the gospel. I need to find those relationships and anticipate those relationships to be able to bring up the gospel conversation. Turn it to the gospel. Every believer is expected to be wise in life. Innocent as doves and wise as serpents, Jesus said. But not every believer has the gift of discernment. There are some believers that operate in the gift of discernment. They're able to distinguish things very and see things clearly. We need to know who those people are. You're facing a tough decision. You don't know what's going on. Maybe there's something in your own soul. You, you can confide in that believer and say, trusted, mature believer who's operating that gift. You can say, hey, this is what I'm wrestling with. What do you think? I don't know if the Holy Spirit in that moment just gives them like zero in. Oh, this is what I think the Lord might be doing. Ask the Lord for dreams. See what happens. Ask the Lord for the inter interpretation of those dreams. See what happens. Because that's part of discovery. We make ourselves available to the Lord. Say, Lord, I, I want to be available. I want to operate in this gifting, and I want to do it in a way that's going to bless the church. I don't want notoriety. I don't want to be singled out. But Lord, I want to bless the church because I want to see the church formed into Christ. And listen, teenagers for you, everybody, children, everybody has a gifting to walk out. Everybody does. Nobody's exempt from this. Everybody has a gifting to walk out. We need to help one another discover that. If you see in somebody else the way that they operate, 
hey, you know, when you prayed for me a particular way, that really blessed me. That it may help them understand, okay, that's maybe a gifting that I have. And you'll see how the Lord uses you to build the church. So how do we discover them? We ask the Lord. In 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says, pursue spiritual gifts. But most importantly, that you would prophesy. And that prophecy is not a, there's two dimensions of prophecy. It's not just a foretelling. Here's what's coming in the future. That's what we always think uh, prophecy is. We can need a crystal ball to be able to look into the future. That's rare. Because we have the word revealed. I think that happens, but it's rare. What's more common is foretelling. When God uniquely lets you know, though you, though you can't find it on a page in the scriptures, he uniquely lets you know, I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about you. That's a wonderful blessing that God lets us know that, that the Spirit, somebody else in our lives. Remember years ago I was, oh, maybe 12 years old, and an older gentleman in our church uh, just this is back when we had Sunday evening services. And during one of those times, an older gentleman stood up, loved Jesus. I just remember this man just loving Jesus, just faithfully and passionately. And he stood up, and I went over to pray with him. Because there was a prayer time. He stood up where he was, and I'm looking around, and like no adult is going to pray with this man, even though he's like three feet from me. It's like, come on, adults. We're just a kid. I'm 12. And so I, I just got up and sensed like I was so in knots and like trying to figure out how not to do something. Pray for the man. So I, and we had had several conversations and stuff. Uh, and so we were friends. He took a liking to me. And so I just put my hand, stood up, put my hand on his shoulder, and I just prayed this very generic, I don't even know what I prayed. I have the promise that God remembers. I have no idea. But he turned to me. He's weeping weeping, weeping. And he said, I've never had somebody so young pray for me. Weeping. And what I've, I began to sense as a gifting in me is that the Lord gives me this weird sense to know what to pray for somebody about. Because in that moment, he said, that's exactly what I was asking the Lord for. And so I began to think, maybe that's something. And there have been it's been proven. I've just tried to reach out. That's like it's prayer. I can go wrong with prayer. But God just kind of uniquely gives me an insight on how to pray. But it's communicating with the person I'm praying for. God's thinking about you. He's thinking about you. So there's a prophetic essence to that, a foretelling that God is showing this to you. The church needs those. We need to operate in those those caring for one another moments. Because that's what cares for the church. We ask God. If it's a gifting that you don't have that you would like to have, ask God for it. Ask God for it. Pursue the gifting. If, pursue what you are asking for. And in the context even of community groups, smaller uh, times together, when we can just begin to exercise that gift, use it. And watch how the church there will be a uniqueness and a peculiarity that will be love for one another. So, 
what's this mean? But I, I thought of the, you know, Uncle Sam, World War II uh, poster. I want you. Um, he had a grimace like, like, you have to do this. But I want us to feel the spirit say, I want you. I want you to participate in the blessing of caring for the body of Christ. Let's pray. Father, I ask that you would please give us an awareness of how you are sowing uh, gifting in us. Lord, I, I pray for those who have dormant giftings. I pray for them to be awakened. I pray, Lord, that you would give a vision to your people of a gift that you want them to operate in that they yet don't have. I pray, Lord, for faith from your spirit, and that is the promise. Faith to walk in pursuing that gifting. And Lord, I pray for the, the miracle of care to take place in this church. The miracle of care as we serve one another in the gifting that you supply for us. Lord, in a in moment, the, the commission that we will recite together as a reminder of what we're doing. Father, I pray that we would put, we'd pinpoint, you would pinpoint for us how to teach and observe, how to go after somebody else with a spiritual gifting to build them up into Christ because you're with us. And I pray we would feel that comfort and we would feel your presence with us always as we, as we serve, as we look to build the church up into Christ. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, church, we have received the word. Now this is a reminder to sow the word. So, Jesus, we all have a responsibility in that. Let's recite this together. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations.